What's up, you guys? I'm Anya. And I'm Kylie. And this is Two Degrees Hotter, the postgrad podcast where we get real about life after college every Tuesday. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Two Degrees Hotter. Welcome back, everybody. We have an exciting guest episode for you today with Jane Simmons, who is a certified personal trainer, YouTuber, podcaster, online community creator. So we had a really good chat with her about kind of pivoting into the fitness world, not really expecting to land there, but loving it, being a personal trainer, starting her online community, all the things. So if you are trying to you know, start a fitness journey or to create a healthy and sustainable relationship with fitness, especially as a post-grad, this will be a really good episode for you to stick around for. Yeah, for sure. And before we hop into our segments, we want to remind you guys about our one-year celebration episode. Can't even believe that it's almost been a year since we started this podcast. Um, But to celebrate, we want to hear from you on the biggest lesson or most important thing you've learned this past year. So send us a voice recording with your answer to this question to our email. It's going to be linked in the show notes by April 30th. And if you include your address, you might get a little special something something in return. Yes. So um, I think you can just take a voice recording on your iPhone. I think it's pretty easy. So just do one of those. doesn't have to be anything fancy. We just want to hear about the biggest lesson of the last year, what it's taught you, all the things. And we're going to insert everyone's voice recordings. And it's going to be like a fun little community thing for our one year year anniversary. So it's going to be great. And with that, let's start our segments and we'll kick it off with the week in review. So I had two things from this past week that I wanted to talk about today. The first is that over this past weekend, I was able to see my grandparents for the first time in obviously like forever um, because they got both of their vaccinations and they had like the week waiting period or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Um, So they were fully vaccinated and it was really great to see them and just like to feel some semblance of normalcy again. Yeah. Um, So that was awesome. And we're seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. Um, And then another thing that I wanted to bring up was something that just happened today. And so it's a little, I guess, complicated, but I'll try my best here. So basically, I just had like a little small career hiccup moment, and I just want to work on handling these better. And so I wanted to talk about it to you guys just to like put it out there. And maybe you can consider like the same things for yourself. Um, So basically, we were trying out this new event format, something that we've never done before. And of course, it's over Zoom. Um, And so I had been organizing this for like the past month, basically, and it was finally happening today. And things were going pretty well, but we did run into a hiccup, like technically with the Zoom. And so there was like a situation with like breakout rooms and just it being kind of confusing for people that were there. And um, it was basically all just due to like, I wouldn't even say a miscommunication. I guess I would just say like, not communicating enough, like just making assumptions around like what the breakout room situation was going to be without really being super clear about it. Um, And so I feel like it didn't, you know, super detract from anyone's experience as an attendee. I don't think like I'm sure nobody's thinking about it now, but like just being myself, this is something that like I in the past would like totally dwell on for like the longest time and it would like keep me up at night and I would be like, oh, what could I have done differently? Like I should have said this, I should have prepared them this way or whatever. But I feel like I'm just trying to make an effort in this like 
next phase of my career and just like being a person to try to like learn and apply takeaways obviously and like troubleshoot and like understand what the issue was for next time but just to like not get so down on myself and like give so much power to like things that could have been different mentally because it's just like not worth it like there's no need to stress myself out now about like what could and couldn't have been with like our zoom platform like what happened happened and now we know what to do next time and that's fine so I just wanted to put that out there like if you're someone that I guess has a hard time like letting go of stuff like that um that it's okay to do that and it's like honestly necessary like for your career like I was mentioning it to my manager and she was like this gets easier with time because you are going to make mistakes and they keep happening and things keep being okay and you learn that it's fine so I'm hoping that's true that it gets easier with time but yeah I just wanted to tell that little anecdote because it had me down for like the first half of the day and then I was like you know what I can't let this one small thing like ruin the rest of my day the rest of my week like I can't give it this power I just need to learn from what happened make sure it doesn't happen next time and accept that things you know that's just the way the cookie crumbles sometimes so yeah that's that's me for this week yeah, I definitely – I relate to you. I'm 100% a dweller. Mm-hmm. But I, I feel like I've also learned that, like, I'm in the habit of, you know, mishap happens, dwell, solve, and normally starting to solve and, like, figure out, okay, like, how do I make sure that this doesn't happen again makes you feel so much better that I'm like, Kylie, just cut out the middleman. Like, yeah. just forgive yourself and learn from the mistake. So I, I hear you on that. I think it's something that a lot of people – struggle with but I'm I'm glad to hear it sounds like your manager was like super responsive and like gave you that advice which is great for my weekend review it's we've been on a roller coaster ride my friends so <laughs> essentially for a little backstory right I've talked about how I get called I feel like I've talked about how I get called on like a lot in contracts and how contracts is definitely the class that gives me the most stress for my 1L year a lot of that stemming from the professor because the professor that we have, in my opinion, is very intimidating. You know, he's like the stereotypical law professor that relentlessly cold calls and like it doesn't matter if you're sinking, tanking, bombing, like no matter how bad you're doing, like he's just going to keep coming back to you. Um, And so when you're constantly on call with a professor like that, especially in a class that you don't necessarily feel super strong in, it's stressful. So I kind of had like a a breaking point where I just got really fed up and I, you know, was venting to all my friends. I just wish he would leave me alone. I just wish I could go like one contracts class where I don't think he's going to call on me. I went to a support, like we have like an academic support center in, at our law school. And I went to see like a professor there for, honestly, I was going there for a lot of other reasons. And now I'm seeing him regularly, which has been helpful for much more than contracts, but I kind of like ranted to him there. And then we got an email that classes for contracts were canceled for the entire week. And that does not happen. For those of you that don't know, like in order to take the bar, the ABA requires you to have a certain amount of hours of each of your first year classes. So like classes are only canceled in pretty dire circumstances. Like something pretty serious needs to happen for one class to be canceled, let alone the whole week's worth of class. So we were all like, what the hell is going on? Then towards the end of that week, we found out that our contracts professor could not return due to health reasons. So obviously I hope he's doing okay. We've heard that, you know, he's doing well. He's in high spirits. He's expected to return in the fall, 
which is great because obviously my gut reaction was like, oh my God, like universe, I should have been more specific. This is not what I wanted to happen. <laughs> You're like, I just didn't want him to pick on me. I didn't want him to yeah. like <laughs> not be my professor. Like he was fine as a professor, I guess. All my friends were like, are you a witch? Like I was talking to another TA and she was like, girl, hide your voodoo doll. I was like, I swear Yeah, God. you're like, you're like lighting a candle and like saying some like prayers over it. <laughs> so I swear if I am a witch, I did not intentionally use any sort of magic powers <laughs> to make this happen. Um, so yeah, so now we're being taught by a brand new professor who, listen, I've heard that at least with my law school, I don't know if other uh, law students can relate, but there's really no such thing as a good contracts professor at my law school, I've learned. They're all a little confusing. They're all kind of like the type of people that know a lot, are very, very smart, but they're way too far down the rabbit hole to remember what it's like on day one when you know nothing. And so obviously that can lead to like a miscommunication. So this guy I can tell is definitely like that. I personally think he's way less intimidating. He seems like a very nice guy. I like, I was afraid to ask my other professor questions because I felt like he was going to be like, you're an idiot. Like, I can't believe you asked me that question. Get out of my, my Zoom office. <laughs> and I'd be like, okay, bye. <laughs> um, so yeah, so we'll see how it goes. There's definitely a lot of tension because obviously law school grades are important. And so people are really worried about the final. I'm trying really hard, not again, not to dwell on it. At the end of the day, the situation that we have is a situation that we have and you just need to learn to adapt. It's a big life lesson, especially as a lawyer. You never know when, what if you're working on a case and all of a sudden the law that you're relying on is no longer good law. Like you got to pivot and you got to figure out how to, how to make the case work and still advocate the best for your client. And that's kind of the situation that we've been put in. So I'm trying to look on the bright side, you know, give this professor a chance, see how it goes, see how the final goes. And yeah, go from there. Who knows what's going to happen? It's definitely a roller coaster. Sending my previous professor the best wishes. Like I really did not want this to happen. <laughs> yeah. Like, do, I send, do I send him a note that's like, I I feel like I should confess <laughs> that <laughs> I did wish for you to leave me alone, but I didn't want you to leave all of my section alone. <laughs> like, I wanted you still here. I wanted um, you to leave me alone, but I didn't want you to leave. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, but on a brighter note, I did meet two of my law school friends in person for the first time ever, which is such an unbelievable sentence considering I've been in law school since August to say that I hadn't met a single person from law school until March is just like unbelievable but yeah so for reference the two friends that I met do go to two in-person classes but because they go to two in-person classes they get tested two to three times a week by the school for COVID so I felt safe seeing them because I knew they were being repetitively tested always coming back negative and just knowing the two of them I know they're you know always wearing their masks not going anywhere they don't need to go you know things like that so I felt really safe meeting up with them and yeah it honestly went really well especially one of them um honestly I had become friends with him just this semester uh but it was really nice to meet him in person and then the other one is kind of I would say the closest friend that I've made since starting law school um and her and I had literally never met in person and I was so nervous I texted her afterwards and I was like do you still want to be my friend or do you like think I'm weird <laughs> and she was like no I still want to be your friend and she was saying that while she was driving down she drove down with um 
our other friend, she was like, <laughs> she was like, I was telling Ed the whole time that I felt like I was like meeting my middle school pen pal. Like I was so excited. <laughs> and I was like on the ride there. Like I was like, Kylie, don't be weird. Like bite your weird instincts. Like don't be weird, Kylie. But it honestly, it felt like supernatural, which was really nice. And I definitely, you know, I'm looking forward to meeting up with them again, meeting more people from law school. So yeah. Yeah, I feel like being like friend over text slash just like typing is so mm-hmm. different than being like friend face to face. But glad it went well. Yeah, thanks. Um, let's move into our favorites. So my favorite for this week is Sumo Citrus. Not sure if you guys have heard of it. It's kind of all the rage, but basically <laughs> I looked it up. It's like some hybrid citrus variety. <laughs> like I think it's like a mandarin, clementine, orange, one of those, something like that. Yeah. Um, and it has a pretty specific season. So they only have them January through April. So you guys better get going in the next yeah. couple of weeks and get yourself some Sumo Citrus because it is so good. So it's basically – it looks like an orange. Um, why am I describing what it looks like? It's citrus. <laughs> um, and it's really nice. It's really easy to peel. It's very sweet. It's like um, an interesting flavor profile. I've had some from Whole Foods and some from Trader Joe's. And as much as I love my man Joe, I got to say, <laughs> I think the Whole Foods ones are significantly better. So if it's your very first time, I would say full send, go to Whole Foods, get the yeah. get the organic one, the whole nine yards. But – yeah, very good. I feel like I'm not one to like – Kylie doesn't like oranges. I know this. Yeah. But I feel like I'm not one to like buy citrus that often. Like every once in a while, I'll like go ahead and buy like a grapefruit if I want like a special breakfast or something. But I feel like normally I gravitate towards like berries or apples Same. or something like that. Like I don't really buy citrus that much other than like lemons. So I don't know. I'm into it. And I looked it up and it's like you get so much vitamin C. Like I was like, why am I not always doing this? But get your hand on some – Sumo citrus because you've got limited time. Get it, get out there. Do it for me because I promise you I'm not gonna like it. <laughs> it's very mandarin though. Like, do you like clementines and like mandarins even? No. <laughs> have you tried one recently though? Because I feel like you're the type to say you don't like something and then not try it for like a decade and then you might have changed. That's fair. I am <laughs> that type. However, I can't stand the smell. Like, mm-hmm. I have the same issue with tomatoes and like tomato sauce. I can't stand the smell of it. So like I can't even get myself to put it in my mouth because I'm like, I'm already (laughs) so I'm going to like plug your nose and shove an orange slice in there and be like, do you like it? Listen, if that's what it takes and I end up liking it, cool. Like I want to like oranges. I That's my thing. That's my thing. I I don't like being – like there's a couple foods that I also don't like. Like I – the two things I can't stand are mushrooms and olives. Mm -hmm. And I really wish that I liked them because it would make my life easier, especially like, you know, being vegetarian, trying to eat at restaurants and stuff. Like I wish, but like – it's hard so I just make myself try them like every couple months and I'm like okay confirmed still hate like (laughs) yeah maybe I should start doing that and stop being a baby but (laughs) I don't know (laughs) my favorite for this week is also a food though and it is a food I like and it's the new I'm pretty sure they're new yeah mini baguettes from Trader Joe's so they come frozen and you can just on the bag, it says to use like an oven, but I was like, I really am not going to step out with my oven right now for this mini baguette. So I did it in the microwave and you just heat them up in the microwave and you have a literal mini baguette. They're so good. I got them with the um the butternut squash soup for like a little mm. dip moment. Yeah. 
Um, I think they'd be great with soups. I think they'd be great with salads. I think they'd be great as a snack. I love them. Yeah. And, you know, I, I'm i a bread lover over here. I'm just never going to be one of those girls that's like, I'm like watching my carbs because that doesn't sound like a lifestyle that I want to live. So if you're like me and you just like sometimes want a mini baguette, definitely get them. Delicious. Yeah. I feel like it's the move because I feel like baguettes don't really have like that many like use cases. You're not going to like go and stock up, but having it frozen, yeah. it's like whenever you need a little baguette on demand, you know? Yeah. Legit. And how, how many are they? They're like the size of a breadstick. That like, think like me- an <laughs> think like an Olive Garden breadstick. Oh, those are like long though, right? Yeah. Oh, so it's not That's- that many. No, it looks it's probably like a good foot long. No. Yeah. And they call them. <laughs> Do you want me to go get it? <laughs> no. How long is uh, yeah, but they're like skinny. Okay. Like literally t- picture an olive garden breadstick. But then, like, it's a baguette. Okay. So, like, shrink down a baguette. A baguette is, like, big. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. How does it fit in your microwave? <laughs> no, it's, like, I really am going to go get one because I think <laughs> you're thinking of them. Like, they're no bigger than, like, our microphones. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> you're thinking of throwing, like, a yardstick in my yeah, microwave. Yeah, I was like, what do you mean? Okay, well, now that we just spent so much time talking about carbs let's get into <laughs> our episode with fitness queen jane yes. simmons all right and moving into the main interview portion of this episode we're so excited to welcome jane simmons here today she is a certified personal trainer based in nyc and she's an advocate for functional movement to help people not only reach their goals but feel better in their day-to-day life her overall mission is to educate women on how to improve their lives through movement and mindset which she does through her online program personal clients, YouTube channel, podcast, Instagram, all the things, everything. So, hey, Jane. (laughs) Hi. So excited to be here. Yeah, we love everything that we're doing, and we think it can be so hard to form a healthy relationship with fitness, especially for us and our listeners in the post-grad demographic Mm -hmm. when you're just trying to figure out how to be a real adult. Um, So we're so excited to have you here today. So how are you doing? How's your week been? Yeah, I'm great. Um, It's been like picking up here in New York. Things are reopening really, really fast, which is nice. Um, Unfortunately, it's really cold and rainy, but next week it's going to be sunny. So I'm really looking forward to that. That's awesome. Yeah, it's crazy that we're finally seeing the light at the end of the tunnel here a year later. So Mm -hmm. happy about that. Um, But I figured we could have you give a little bit of background on yourself and your college experience and what you're up to now for our listeners that aren't familiar. Yeah, so I'm Jane. (laughs) Um, So I'm originally from North Carolina. I grew up in North Carolina. I've lived there my whole life. Um, And I grew up as a dancer, singer, actor. I went to school for musical theater and acting. Um, And then when I graduated, I actually took a job in Florida, like right after graduation. So like I graduated on like May 5th and on like May 15th, I moved down to the Florida Keys. Um, So I worked there for about six months and, you know, there was a lot of ups and downs with it. Um, I think like with any post-grad situation, you know, it was just very lonely and scary and new and, you know, it's a farthest and longest that I had ever been away from my family and friends. So that was really stressful. I was also doing long distance with my boyfriend. So lots of just like loneliness going on. Um, And my cast was really, really small. So I only worked with three other people. That was like our whole department. We also lived together. So it was like the same people 
all the time. Um, so after that, after six months, I ended up moving back, which I feel like sounds like a really short time for like people in like quote unquote normal jobs, but like, um, like acting contracts are really short. So Mm. we weren't on a contract. Um, but like getting a six month contract in acting is like, holy shit, you landed a six month. Oh, can I curse on here? No. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So yeah, it's like a big deal to like, like be working that long, like year long contracts are very, very rare. So normally they're like two to three months. Um, so anyway, so I moved back to North Carolina and I ended up working as an associate producer, um, for one of my friend's moms who was a producer, which was really cool. She worked, um, back and forth between New York and North Carolina. So I had a lot of great opportunity there, but I just wasn't really feeling fulfilled. Acting just wasn't like making me happy anymore. And I thought that like producing or directing something like that would kind of connect me to theater in a way that I liked, but different. Like it's just, it felt like I could be on the other side of the table. It was more relaxed. Um, but that wasn't really the case either. Like I just still wasn't feeling fulfilled in that area. So I ended up just like randomly deciding to get my personal training certification, um, mostly just because I was starting to like really get into fitness at that point. And so I wanted to understand more about it. Um, so then I got certified and I was like, oh my God, I'm obsessed with this. Like, this is so cool. And so much more than I thought it was like, I kind of, when I thought personal trainer, I just kind of thought like someone who just showed up and, you know, showed you how to work out. Um, I never had a personal trainer before. I honestly have no idea what made me want to do this job, (laughs) honestly. Um, but yeah, so I ended up really loving it. And so I moved to New York, um, in June of 2019. Yeah. Of 2019. Um, I applied for like so many gyms before I moved here and pretty much everybody was like, yeah, call me when you get to New York, <laughs> like, um, which is how they kind of do things here. Cause I guess a lot of people are like, I'm moving to New York and then never actually move, I guess. Um, so it wasn't looking great. Um, and then I actually ended up moving here and lived here for three weeks without a job, which was very, very stressful. Um, not knowing where, like, money was coming from. My savings was getting really low. I was subleasing my first month. And then in the July was like moving into a new apartment. So it was just really financially stressful. Um, and then I ended up getting a job and yeah. And then the rest (laughs) happened really, really fast. And then the pandemic hit. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I guess I'm not surprised that a lot of people say they're going to move to New York and don't end up doing it. I feel like I've been saying I'm going to move to New York and Lord only knows (laughs) if that's ever going to happen for real. Um, But you kind of started to hint at this a little bit, but like you said, you were originally pursuing a career in acting, you majored in musical theater in college. And so can you talk a little bit more about why you chose that originally and why Mm -hmm. you chose to walk away from it and focus more on fitness? Yeah. So originally, you know, that was just like what I did growing up. Like I didn't play sports. I didn't do anything else. Like I, I went to dance class. I was in shows. I, you know, took classes outside of school. Um, my older sister did it. So that was how I like originally got into it. And then I really loved it. I really loved the environment that acting has. It's really different than like anything I've ever done or think anything like my friends have ever done. Um, it's very unique in not only like actually what you're doing, like in performing a show, but also in like the culture around it. Um, it is like very welcoming to all walks of life. So it's really cool because I feel like it gave me a really unique perspective on people 
And yeah, so like that part was really, really cool. And I, and I loved that about it. And so I went to college for it, um, which was like a whole process, like getting into school for acting, you have to, you know, go to multiple auditions and like getting into a program is really competitive. They only accept normally between like eight and 14 people. Um, so it's like, it was exciting and I really loved it at the beginning. Um, but I started just like having a bad relationship with myself. I think like, I just didn't feel like myself in the career. Um, and I was having like body image issues. I had developed some disordered eating habits and I don't think like, like looking back, I can really see that. I don't think in the moment I knew that that's what was going on. I think I just knew like, I didn't feel good in this. So I wanted to move into like directing and producing. So like my junior and senior year, I worked um, as the producer of our like student run theater company, which was really fun. That was a great experience. It gave me like a lot of business experience and like experience handling money and handling people that were like, quote unquote, working for me, like being in charge of something, you know what I mean? Um, so I loved that and I thought it was really fun, but at the same time, like I just, it was like, I was almost fulfilled, but like was never quite there. Um, so then I just took a step back and like working in Florida was such a low point in my life, but I think really opened my eyes to just like that. I wasn't feeling good in this career. And that took a really long time for me to accept, I think, because like when you go to college for an art before you even go, like everyone is like, okay, what are you going to do with that? <laughs> you know, like there's so much doubt before you even walk in the door of, of your first day of college. Um, so coming to terms with the fact that I wanted to walk away from that was really, really hard. Um, and took me a long time to like, actually be like, that's okay. Like, it's okay to walk away from something. Um, especially just, uh, yeah, I, just like an art. Like, it's just, it's a hard thing to go to school for on a lot of different ways. Um, or in a lot of different ways. So walking away from that was really difficult mentally. But after I started getting into fitness, I was like, oh, this fulfills me on so many levels that I didn't know fitness could. Um, I think like the main thing that I was like, well, if I go into fitness, I can't be creative, which is not true at all. Um, fitness is so creative and like, especially working with clients and like working one-on-one -on -one with people who maybe, um, like have the same like issues that I did, you know, where they maybe have some body image issues or some disordered eating habits. Or um, I worked with one girl who was like one of my most favorite people to work with because she had a broken shoulder. So she couldn't lift her arm over her, like she can lift her elbow higher than her shoulder. And she also had like some back issues and all these things. So for me, like that's kind of fun because it's like a puzzle where I get to like fill in the pieces and make someone feel excited and happy. Um, so it's also intimate, which is what I really liked about acting was that it was really intimate. You really got to know the people that you were working with. You really were part of a team and you get that in personal training as well. And even in my program, like I know my, my program members so well, like I know what all of them do. I know where all of them live. I know about their families. Like I, I really try to like get to know people. Um, and fitness is so vulnerable too, which is also something that I would not, I think have paired together a long time ago, but now being a personal trainer, like I love all of my clients with my entire being <laughs> because we're so close. Like it's just all these things that I thought I could only get in acting. I actually got like way more of in fitness. So yeah. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. And I guess to your point, like I wouldn't immediately associate vulnerability with fitness. Cause I feel like when you first think of fitness, what comes to mind are like these macho guys, like headed into the weight mm -hmm. room, like, I don't know. So it's interesting that, you know, you bring that perspective. And so 
you've kind of mentioned like the creativity aspects and kind of the intimacy and the vulnerability. And do you feel like any other aspect of your acting history have helped you on this new career path? Yeah, I mean, I think one of the hardest things like as people and I think specifically as like a personal trainer is that you like it's finding yourself and finding your niche, finding your thing. And with personal training, like you're essentially selling yourself, which is like the same thing you're doing in acting is like, I have to be the salesperson for me. I have to be my biggest advocate. Um, so I think acting really taught me to just show up as myself and like, understand that I'm not for everyone and that's okay. You don't need to be, or like want to be for everyone. You know, that that's not fun. That's not exciting. And that's not being authentically you. If everybody likes you, you're probably not being your authentic self. Um, so it's kind of crazy because so like one of the classes that I took in college was an acting class and it's called the Meisner technique. And it is like a two year program that you go through. And the main exercise that you do when you grow off of it is that you get a partner and you partner up with that person and you pretty much are just like having a conversation and then eventually you build into doing um, like what you would think of as a scene, like in a movie, but we're just making it up. Like there's no lines. Everything is just improv. And the only rule is that you cannot lie. <laughs> so you can't say it, it was like very weird, um, but you just can lie about anything. So I think that that not only taught me, but like all my classmates, like that is the thing with that class is that it teaches you who you are, how to stand up for yourself, how to deal with confrontation. Um, and just like how to, like I said, just accept that like, you're not for everyone and that's okay. Yeah. And I think, you know, like you said, a lot of people are really quick to hear that you're going into some sort of like art or non-traditional major mm -hmm. in college. And they're quick to be like, what are you going to do with that? But the transferable skills are always there. Like as our listeners know, I'm Absolutely. in law school and people who are theater majors who go to law school make the best litigators. They're the best in the courtroom because they know exactly what they're doing. They know how to talk to a crowd. Like, so mm -hmm. keep that in mind. If you're choosing an untraditional major, don't let anyone <laughs> talk shit to you <laughs> yes. about it. Do it. Do your thing. Um, so kind of on that same note, uh, we love to talk about career pivots here and really following your gut, following your path. So do you have any advice to post-grads who are looking to make a similar career pivot to you? Yeah. Um, it's hard to do because you want to ask everyone's opinion on like, do you think this is a good idea? Do you think that I should do this? Blah, blah, blah. blah. And honestly, my biggest advice is just like, go with your gut. It just like do what is going to feel the best for you. Um, I honestly wouldn't ask too many people's opinion on it because it's going to open up a can of worms and everybody's going to say something different. So I was really fortunate in that when I made this decision, I was like on my own. Like I lived with my parents, but my parents both worked full time. Like I, all my sisters were out of the house. None of my friends lived in Raleigh, where I, Raleigh, North Carolina, where I grew up. Um, so like I was so alone and it gave me so much time to really think and reflect. And um, I got like into journaling and was just kind of like exploring myself. And I think that that is what really gave me the confidence to be like, it doesn't matter what anyone else says. And in fact, like I did have to, like, I had to tell my, my boss that I was leaving and she was kind of like, well, what are you going to do though? You know? And that, and that immediately just put so much doubt in my head of like, oh my God, can I do this? Is this what I want to do? Like, what's going to happen after this? How am I going to make this even a thing for me? You know? So I, I would just say like, do what's best for you. Listen to your gut, listen to your intention or um, your intuition and 
yeah, just do what's best for you. You got to listen to yourself over everybody else. I love that. And clearly it worked well for you because you've really discovered, you know, your purpose and your passion, which is fitness. So kind of moving Mm -hmm. into some more questions around your personal fitness journey. Um, I was really curious to ask if you've always been into fitness or if not, how did it start for you? I mean, obviously it sounds like you were pretty active through acting Mm -hmm. and dance and things like that, but were you always into like the gym specifically? Like how did that whole thing turn out? Yeah. So I would say that I wasn't into fitness, but I was like physically active, like you were saying. Um, So growing up, I took a lot of dance classes during high school. Like most nights, if I wasn't in rehearsal for a show, I was taking like three hours of dance a night Um, over summer, even like Monday through Friday was like three to four hours of dance a day. So like I danced a lot (laughs) in, um, in high school. And so I started going to the gym the summer before my freshman year of college Uh, mostly just because I wanted to like, quote unquote, be fit when I went to college. Um, But I didn't know what I was doing. Like I was definitely just following some Instagram workouts or I don't even know if we had Instagram. Yeah, I had Instagram in high school. Um, (laughs) So yeah, like following Instagram or YouTube workouts um, was really how it started for me. So for me, when I started, like it was purely aesthetic. I did not care about what I had to do, but I wanted to be as small as I could and have six pack abs. And yeah, that was, that was my goal. Um, so yeah, I was just following like Instagram, YouTube and going to the gym, um, and felt really lost there, honestly. And then when I started college, that was when I think I started like becoming friends with people who were going to the gym a little bit more consistently than I was and knew a little bit more about it. So I started then following, um, like my friends workout, workout routines, which I learned a little bit, but you know, it was, it's kind of like the same thing as just following like an Instagram, you know, like it's not for you. It's not things that like, I, that like felt good on me, but I didn't really care because I was like, this is going to get me to that goal of, you know, of having abs and whatever. (laughs) Um, so I'm curious what like habits or how did you go about implementing fitness into your everyday life? Yeah. So that's a great question. So in college, like how I was saying, like I had these aesthetic goals and I was kind of like, I didn't care what I had to do. I was just like doing it. Right. So how I made it a habit was that I kind of just decided that like, okay, I don't like this. I'm not doing that anymore. I don't like this. I'm not doing that anymore. And then I started like really piecing together a routine that I actually enjoyed Um, which is why I I will always say the best workout for your goal is the workout that you enjoy doing. Cause if you don't like it, you're not going to do it. And I am the living, breathing proof of that. Um, or at least it won't last long. It won't become a sustainable habit. So I think just like really trying new things and looking for something that not only like made me happy, but also like made me feel good. Like I don't like being so sore the next day that I can't walk. That is just not for me. So finding a form of exercise and like a style that's actually going to fulfill that. Yeah. And I liked the experience that you talked about earlier with like going to the gym with your friends, because I feel like that's how a lot of people that Mm -hmm. I know that are super into fitness, like got more comfortable with it. I feel like it's just so much easier when you have like someone to guide you or like a companion or something like that. So Mm -hmm. that totally makes sense. Um, And I noticed throughout your branding, a phrase that you use a lot is health first fitness. So can you talk about what that means to you and kind of why you wanted to make it a priority when it comes to your personal brand? Yeah. So kind of tying everything that we just talked about together, actually, 
Um, so like I said, when I first started going to the gym for me, it was all about aesthetics and that was really all I cared about. So when I started finding these things that I liked, my mindset started to shift when it came to fitness. Um, you know, I stopped really thinking about my like physical goals. It just wasn't a priority to me anymore. It's very slowly. This just like became not important. And then what became more important to me was like, oh my God, I actually just like what I'm doing. And then when I became a trainer, I took a lot of classes and just started learning more about, I, I, just about fitness, I guess, and like developing my own philosophy when it came to fitness. And I think because of the media and because of social media and just all and marketing and all these things, you know, everything is based around aesthetics because for a lot of people that is a pain point. So they want to target those things because these companies are trying to make money. So they want to tap in on pain points for people. And a lot of that comes down to aesthetics, but at the end of the day, like there's nothing wrong with having an aesthetic goal. I think aesthetic goals are great, but I do think that there's a certain way that we should go about them. And it should always be prioritizing your health because it doesn't really matter how, you know, quote unquote strong you are, how thin you are, how fit, whatever that means to you are, if you don't feel good. Like if you're not feeling good in your daily life, if you are moving through life with pain or just not feeling happy or confident with yourself, is it worth the goal? Like, is that really worth it? If on the inside you still feel like crap? Yeah, for sure. And I think that's a really good way to look at it. And I think that, you know, people who are breaking into the fitness industry should have that mindset because it can get really unhealthy to focus Mm -hmm. solely on aesthetics. And like, I think there's the saying like skinny doesn't mean healthy or something like that, or, you know, abs don't mean healthy. So yeah, 100%. Yeah. So that's Mm -hmm. a really great mindset to have, especially as a personal trainer. So moving into kind of your career as a personal trainer, um, what was it like to break into the fitness industry in NYC? I know you started to talk about this earlier in the episode, but what steps did you take to really break in? Mm -hmm. Um, so before I moved, like probably two weeks before I moved, I applied to 30 ish gyms, like give or take, it was somewhere around there. I remember like making this spreadsheet Mm -hmm. and like every day I would apply to like two or three of them. Um, and honestly, like I only ended up hearing back from, I would say like four somewhere around there. So I think there's definitely power in numbers, um, because New York specifically just moves so fast. Like everything about New York just moves so fast. So a lot of the times, like they're just like, if a gym is looking for a trainer, they're going to put up that they're looking for a trainer and that slot is going to be filled that day. Like things just move so quickly here, even apartments. Like if like we're moving um, in a few months And we're like, okay, we need to start looking like two weeks before because you look at the apartment and you sign the lease the next day. And that's just kind of how everything is here. Um, So it was just like a really intense process. And like I said, a lot of people called me um, and we're just like, okay, great. Can you call us in two weeks when you're here? Because we need like, we need you to be here. You can't, Mm -hmm. it it just doesn't work slowly like that. Um, So when I moved to New York, I like really buckled down and was like calling places every day and trying to get into interviews. Um, And I only got asked to interview at three places. My first choice, I actually did get asked to interview at. And the reason that I wanted to to work there, and it's actually where I work now, um, was because they had a really big emphasis on education. So that was something that they really talk about to the people who are applying for the training position is that 
you're going to be taking classes, you're going to be, you know, working with a mentor, you're going to be really close with your managers, you're going to have weekly personal meetings with them. And that was really what I wanted, because it was so new for me. Um, so I work at, I worked at Equinox. Um, I work there now. I don't know why I said past tense. So I, I work at Equinox and I think that like, if you're in New York, that is a great place to start because they do focus so much on education and a lot of other places just don't do that. Like that just isn't something that I've seen offered anywhere else. So I think that it was meant to be like, I was meant to fall into their laps and just, I I mean, it was awesome. Like, like the whole, obviously like the pandemic has kind of thrown things off a little bit in terms of education because it just isn't as much of a priority right now. Um, and obviously it takes a lot of funding and they don't have the funds right now. And that's totally, totally get it. Um, but yeah, so that's really like how I got started was just like hustling, like every single day. Like I said, I still went three weeks without a job. And then as soon as I got hired, I had to wait, I had to wait another week until I could actually start. Um, so it takes time, but you just have to be on it and you have to be on top of it and just willing to show up because most of the time in New York, it's just the person who shows up that gets the opportunity. That's crazy what you said about the apartments, because I feel like it's so stressful. Yeah. Like from my perception, I'm like, oh, things move fast in Boston. But like, I guess it's almost like in the opposite way. Like we had to be so prepared in advance because it was in such high demand. Like I remember I got my apartment for my senior year of college. Like we signed the lease in February for September. So it's like the total like polar opposite. And yeah, I was curious to ask what are your goals as a personal trainer? Like how does a personal trainer measure success for themselves? I've always kind of wondered. Mm. That's a hard question. Um, So I think like personally, like my goal is to just like feel fulfilled in my job. And for me, that means that I am helping my clients move their best, feel their best, both physically and mentally. Um, I really think that having a trainer is so much more about mental health. Like, yes, I can definitely like teach you a lot of things about fitness and about exercise and all of these things. But a lot of the times, like more than me just cueing someone through something, it's when they mess up or they can't do the final rep or whatever that I'm there to be like, but you can like, just try again. Or on the flip side, that's okay you know, it's okay to mess up. And like, I'm always reminding my clients, like you come into the gym to practice. Like we are, there's no final performance. There's no time that, you know, it needs to be perfect for all 10 reps. You know, if you mess up a rep, like that's a good thing. Okay. So how are you going to react to that? How are you going to catch yourself when you fall? So I think like that is the most important part of, of my job. And like what my long-term goal is, is just to like continue doing that and continue making people feel their best because fitness is it's hard, you know, and it's so personal and we get so down on ourselves and so stressed out about it because it is just so individualistic for everyone. So having someone like on your team, I think is potentially like the best thing that could happen to anyone's fitness journey. Um, cause it's easy to feel lost and, you know, and scared. And <laughs> I was feeling very scared. <laughs> it's interesting that you bring up like the fact that with fitness, there is no performance. Like you said, like it's all just practice. Mm -hmm. And if you're messing up, it's not like it's going to snowball into, you know, messing with some big end goal. Um, Cause I think, you know, a lot of the time people are really scared of failing and 
Mm-hmm. I've kind of looked at fitness moving into post-grad, like real adult life of like, this is the one place that you can like fail and learn and retry and like, not feel like you have all these scary consequences. Cause at the end of the day, you can just like work out again tomorrow and hope for the best. So I think that's a really interesting perspective and a really good place for people to kind of, you know, check on their mental health. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you don't mind me jumping in really quick, Kylie, it kind of reminds me of we did recently did an episode with Joanna Cowart, who is mm-hmm. a yoga instructor, and it sort of reminds me of yoga. Oh, she I interviewed her for my podcast like yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> no way, isn't she so? Oh she's my the god, best, she's right? amazing. I'm obsessed with her. <laughs> so it sort of reminds me of her because it's like yoga is a practice. Like you're never gonna like be yeah. done. Like you're not just gonna like finish yeah. yoga. <laughs> and it's like same thing well, with fitness. And, and the best thing about all of that that I think we kind of forgot is like if you go in with a program and you're just not feeling it that day you can do something else. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, it doesn't, you don't have to be practicing for something specific. It doesn't have to be that final performance day. You know, if I'm going in and I'm doing squats and that's what I'm supposed to do. And then I get to the bar and I'm like, I'm just not feeling this today. Like, I just don't want to do this. Just do something else. You know, don't, we put so much pressure on ourselves. And we just don't need to. Yeah. A hundred percent. Um, so I'm curious for our listeners that are just starting or learning to navigate fitness, what advice do you have for them for setting personal, realistic fitness goals? So I have two, and these are like the two holy grails in my goal setting world. Um, so the first one is start small because you're more likely to succeed in something if you start smaller, you know, and you can always like over succeed if you want to, but like, let's just talk about like days you want to go to the gym, for example. So if I'm going to set myself a goal for how many days I want to go to the gym, I'm better off setting the goal of like one or two days than five days. Now I could go five days, you know, and really like over succeed or like over, overdo my goal. Like that's great, you know, but on a week that I only go two days, I'm not having that you know, the stress of like, oh, well, I didn't go enough this week. Like I didn't hit my goal, uh, you know, and getting down on yourself and all those things. So starting small is always better. Um, and then the second thing is always add, never take away. So when we take things away, whether it's from our diet, our lifestyle, our fitness routine, like whatever it is, you're always going to feel restricted and it's not going to be sustainable. You cannot take things out of your life, especially if they've been in your life for a long time. Um, so adding things in, especially those small things, um, is going to be just way better in the long run. And then it's all a domino effect. So once you add in that one thing and that becomes a habit, you just layer it on, you add in the next thing. Um, I know like nutrition is a big one for, for everyone. And I think especially like in college, that is a big one, um, is nutrition. And obviously, you know, there's a lot of like drinking and partying and all these things. So instead of being like, I'm not going to drink, alcohol ever Monday through Thursday or Sunday through Thursday, like whatever it is. Instead, just say like, I'm going to have a glass of water before I go out, you know, and that's, that's easy to keep up with. <laughs> no matter where you are, you can always get a glass of water, you know? Um, or like, I, I know a lot of people that, that I work with also do like a glass of water in between drinks. Another thing that's like, that's pretty, pretty doable, you know? So starting small, always add, never take away. I really like that advice. I don't think I've ever heard that before. The like never take away aspect. Mm -hmm. I feel like sometimes people think of pursuing a fitness journey as like they need to change so many things that they're enjoying right now, but it's just a matter of like learning how to do it in moderation and figuring out the best ways to work around it. Like to your example, 
Um, mm-hmm. So I think that's really good advice. And we were also wondering if you have any tips about creating a healthy and sustainable relationship with fitness as postgrads, and especially during the pandemic, because obviously this is a time that maybe the fitness journey that a lot of people would have been on looks a little different. Maybe they have to do it at home or outside or something mm-hmm. like that. So if you have any advice along those lines, I think that would be really great for us and our listeners. Yeah. So I, I actually feel like postgrad was like a pivotal moment in my fitness journey for the reason that, like I said before, I was so alone. And I think a lot of people experience that post-college is that loneliness, you know, your friends might live in different states now, you might move away for a different job. Um, And especially with quarantine, you know, like we're on a whole other level of being alone. But the good thing in that is that you have the time to really find things that you like and to sort of start asking yourself the questions to, to guide you in that way. Um, on my website, I actually have a free workbook. So it's completely free and it, it just like helps you dive into your fitness journey. It's called jumpstart your journey. And it goes through just like a list of questions at one point, um, for the find your why page. And it just asks you things like, what does a healthy lifestyle look like to you? Because my healthy lifestyle doesn't look like, like Whitney Simmons, healthy lifestyle. And it doesn't look like, um, like mad fits lifestyle. You know what I mean? Like all these big fitness influencers who we think of, you know, my healthy lifestyle doesn't look like that. And that's okay. My healthy lifestyle doesn't need to look like that because that's their journey and I'm on my journey. So I think, um, that's, that's a really good resource for like finding like a fitness schedule in general and finding something that's really specific to you and that you like. And I think journaling is also such a wonderful way to figure out what you want your lifestyle to look like. I think we practically need to incorporate journaling into like our podcast name or like cover art or something. Cause I feel like it comes up <laughs> Does every episode. <laughs> yeah, it really is though. Um, it's like, I just feel like you can explore so much of yourself when you're just like brain dumping, like you're just writing things out. Um, and also like, if you're not a writer, therapy is a fantastic resource where someone is literally just there to ask you questions that make you dig a little bit deeper. Yeah. Therapy and journaling are my two, like mm-hmm. my tools. <laughs> Utilizing them all the time. Yes. <laughs> um, so then with so much conflicting information circulating online, especially around fitness, diet, health, mm-hmm. all of that stuff, how can our listeners know what's right for them and start to kind of filter through all of the nonsense and get to stuff that might actually help them? Yeah. So um, I think in general like a couple of just like rules of thumb I would say is like first of all if something promises a result by a certain time it's probably bullshit um anything that is like lose this amount of pounds in this amount of weeks it doesn't work like that (laughs) you know like we're all different we can't all be expected to do the same thing in the same amount of time so Anything that has numbers, I would just throw to the side. Um, Second thing is like when you're following people on Instagram, a lot of people, especially, unfortunately, bigger accounts aren't actually trainers or group fitness instructors or they're not certified in anything. Don't Pilates like yoga. Like there's a lot of things you could be certified in in terms of fitness. And a lot of the bigger accounts, unfortunately, just like aren't. Um, but most people who are certified and who have a certification have it in either their name or their bio. 
So that is like a really easy thing. I would like look for certifications and the people that you follow. And I'm not saying like, don't follow people who aren't certified, you know, like there's plenty of people I follow that are not certified and that's okay. Um, but I think just, you know, start to note like, okay, but if this doctor is saying something else, that's probably the, like the information that you should go with. Um, so I think just like finding people that you can trust online is huge, especially right now with quarantine. Um, like there's not a lot of like classes you can go to. So you may not like see the instructors in person, you know, you can't connect in that way. So like, I feel like everything is just revolving around social media right now. So that would be the main thing. I think it's just like finding people who are certified, who you can trust and like really listening to that, asking them questions. Like these people are online giving you information for free. Take advantage of that. And, you know, like some, some people may not respond, but you can ask that same question to like three people, you know? Yeah, definitely. And I was listening to another podcast where that same topic came up of like a lot of the biggest fitness gurus actually don't have like an education background in it. And so it's kind of, it's made me realize that like, sometimes I should maybe take what they're saying with a grain of salt and try to like crowdsource Mm -hmm. that perspective a little and just make sure that it's backed. So I think that's a really good piece of advice and honestly alarming, like something I never really gave a lot of thought to before, but I didn't either. Yeah. It's really crazy. Um, and like on my YouTube channel, I like started doing a series where I like review, um, like workout programs and stuff. And that was like always something that I was looking for from the get-go is like, what is this person? Like, where's their certification from? And you'll be so shocked to see how many people sell like hundred dollar programs and they're not certified. Mm Mm-hmm. And they may not have even had anyone who is certified, like look over it. Like it's actually, when you start like really digging into it, it's kind of crazy. Yeah, definitely. Um, And speaking of YouTube and kind of your online presence, um, I hinted a little bit earlier about movement and mindset. So do you want to tell us a little bit about what that is? Yeah. So movement and mindset is my online workout program. Um, And like my main goal with it is to give people the personal training experience at a more cost-effective price point. Um, so it's like $20 a month, you get five workouts a week, but I always tell everyone, like I put five workouts on there because I know not everyone's going to love every single one. So like pick and choose what works best for you. Um, so it is like a online workout program. It's mainly through people get emailed like a PDF of the program, but we're mainly on Instagram. We have like a private Instagram group, which I really like because the members can like talk to each other. Um, like we have an accountability group and I do like personal check-ins with everybody, um, every two weeks. And we also do live events. Um, so like, like actually Joanna's doing an event with us in April. So like sometimes I'll bring other people in and we'll do like classes with other people. Um, or we'll do like a mindset event where maybe we'll all just like get on a zoom call and set a goal together for the month. So it really like the live events vary depending on what everybody wants, but I, I try to make it just like a community where we can all talk about our fitness and our mindset around fitness. Um, and just get to a place where like everyone's putting like what the, what the tagline is, everyone's putting their health first, you know, I feel like that is like my main goal with it is to create this community where we are all focusing on health. Yeah, for sure. And I think it's, the community aspect is amazing because you do have that accountability and you do have people to Mm -hmm. cheer you on and vent with and do all of that stuff that keeps you going. Um, So I'm curious what inspired you to start this online program in addition to everything else you have going on, being a personal trainer and all of that. Yeah. So I started the program um, 
I guess so right before the program, I came out with an ebook and the ebook was called movement and mindset. And I mostly just came out with that because like it was quarantine times. And so like, I felt like everybody just kind of needed something in this vein, like some, something to be like, be excited about. So this was just like a four week program, but the whole thing with it was that it was incorporating affirmations and like questions to think about with your fitness. So it was kind of like, woo woo you know? um, but, but it was, it, it wasn't something that a lot of people were doing, you know, is thinking about our lives and like, are we happy and how can we find happiness in quarantine? And like, what, a, what can I look for that's positive out of this experience and all these things. So that's why I created the ebook. And then people like really liked the ebook. So I kind of got this idea that, well, we could make this like a monthly thing and it could become like a subscription program. Um, and I created a Patreon actually was how it like all started was that I had a Patreon. It was like the same thing, but it had tier levels. So like you could do three workouts or five workouts a week. Um, and then each tier level came with different perks. Um, so I did that for like two months, I think. And then Patreon honestly takes like a lot of money. And so then I was mm. like, I don't really need Patreon to do this. Like I could just email people stuff and have an Instagram because we, we already had the Instagram. So I was like, I could literally just like email people the information and save a ton of money by doing that. Um, so that's what I did. And yeah, so then like from there, it's just kind of snowballed into what it is now. Um, it's definitely been through like a lot of different phases in the very like little amount of time that I've had with it. I mean, I started it in, in June, like I said. Um, yeah, so it's, it's very different than it was when I first started it. But now I think we're at a point where I'm like, okay, this is movement and mindset. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's funny that you say the original version was like woo woo to you. Cause I feel like that sounds so <laughs> up my alley. I'm like, I need to go download. Is it still out there? <laughs> no, it's so, yeah, it is. Uh, it's so up my alley too, but I, it was like one of those things where I was like, this doesn't really sound like something other people would be into, but like <laughs> I was really into, um, but people actually really liked it, which is great. Yeah. Awesome. Um, and we've sort of hinted at this throughout the episode, but we know that you have your day job as a personal trainer and you also do content creation on the side. So you have a podcast, you have a YouTube channel and you have movement and mindset. So how do you manage all of that? Do you have any time management tips? How do you make it mm-hmm. all happen? Uh, I have so many time management tips. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I definitely utilize Google calendar is like yes. a big one for me. Um, and then I have an app too called Sansama, which I think is $20 a month. But if you're someone who um, like is doing a lot of different things, I really recommend it um, because it is a time tracking app. So I say app, but it's actually, it's on your computer. It's not, you can't get it on your phone. Um, but so like at the beginning of every day at like nine o'clock, when I get onto my computer, it pops up and it says, let's plan your day. So I kind of use also the Ivy Lee method where you like write down six things you want to do that day and you can't do more than six and you can't, you know, so, and then if you don't finish them, you just move them to the next day. So like for me, that really works because I can't overbook myself. Um, so I, I come up with like the things that I want to do that day and I put everything into Sinsama. Sinsama is also connected to your Google calendar. So like my clients, anything are already in there. So then I can take the extra time that I have around it and put in like, I want to post a story to the movement of mindset Instagram. I'm going to create ideas for YouTube. I'm going to edit this YouTube video here. Like I can move stuff around and then you can enter focus mode is what they call it. So if I'm on my talking to the Instagram story one, 
I can enter focus mode and it'll start timing you on how long it takes. So I'll know that if I scheduled 30 minutes to talk to my Instagram group, but it actually took me 45 minutes next time I need to schedule 45 minutes for that. So I really like that because I feel like it actually gives me like a realistic look at what I'm doing. Um, and then just like something else that I started doing that I find really helpful. And I think anyone who has like multiple platforms that they're working on or like multiple jobs, anything like that, um, would also find this helpful is that I've started separating out my days with a specific focus. So like Monday is my podcast day. Anything that needs to be done for the podcast gets done on Monday. Tuesday is my YouTube day. So anything that needs to get done for YouTube goes on Tuesday and it, or is the priority on Tuesday. So for me, that works because I feel like I have a hard time like balancing everything when like everything has equal importance in my mind. So this kind of breaks it up so that like each day has a focus. And then if you don't get it done in that day, it just like gets tacked on to the next day if you have time or the next week. Yeah, I feel like, I definitely want to look into that computer app because mm-hmm. that sounds amazing. It's amazing. Um, it's so good. Yeah. And I really like that advice of like blocking out days. I'm thinking even for like students, like if you have the mm-hmm. capability of being like Mondays is, you know, con law day. I'm sure no one else is taking con law but me. <laughs> but you know what I mean. <laughs> Someone else um, out there is. <laughs> hopefully they know my pain. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I really like that advice. Um, so what are your personal goals moving forward with mind movement and mindset in the coming years? Mm -hmm. Um, so now that I feel like I know what the platform is, like now I really want to grow, um, and just, yeah, just see, you know, what this community could really become. Um, so I, really want to end the year with a hundred members. That's like my goal, my 2021 goal. Um, and then after that, you know, just keep growing and building. Eventually I really want to make an app, um, and have everything be on there and have that like Instagram community aspect, but like all in one place. Um, but then I started looking into it and like, y'all apps are expensive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like not only do you have to obviously like hire someone to do that. Cause I don't know how to do that. Um, but also I didn't know this, but Apple takes 30%. Really? Ooh. Yes. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. So like after you charge, like I try to make it affordable. So it's $20 a month. But after you charge someone $20 a month, you put 30% aside for taxes. Then you need to put another 30% aside for, um, you know, iTunes. And then you would need to, you know, pay yourself. And, you know, I put a lot of money back into the program through workshops and, you know, paying for the website and all of these things that, I need to actually make the program run and to like give people opportunity and um, like exposure to different things. So after that, it's like right now I'm like, okay, I can't really afford to do that right now, but like Mm -hmm. long, long term, like maybe in a few years, I think that having an app would be like really, really cool. Yeah, definitely. I can, I can see it now. Movement and mindset. (laughs) It's a little icon (laughs) on my home screen. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Um, awesome. So I guess wrapping up a little bit, what is one thing that you want our listeners to take away from this episode? And we know that's a loaded question, but we ask every <laughs> single one of our guests. So we're going to ask you if there's one thing. Yeah, I think the biggest thing is no matter if it is fitness or your job or whatever it is, you got to do you. You have to do what's best for you. You have to put yourself first and I mean, even like, I know we talked a lot about like aestheticals and I think like aestheticals is a really good thing where a lot of times it doesn't actually have to do with you and like how you're feeling it. So it's the way that you want to be perceived and same with like jobs. And like why I, I had such a hard time walking away from acting 
was not because like, like I knew I didn't like it, but it was because of how everyone else was going to look at me and think that I had quit or that I had given up on something or that I had gone to college for something and then failed at it. And in reality, like no one is really even thinking of you that much, you know, like we all get in our own heads, but like no one's really, everyone is in their head. No one is thinking of you that much. Um, So like you got to do everything for you would be the, the biggest thing. Yeah. Amen to that. Taking care of yourself (laughs) is not selfish. Yes. (laughs) Um, So where can our listeners find you and where can they get involved with movement and mindset? Yeah. So movementandmindset.com is my website and pretty much everything is linked on there. You can find me on Instagram at Jane K Simmons, um, or you can also follow movement and mindset. It's movement.and.mindset. Um, yeah, I think everything else, like the podcast, YouTube, everything else is linked on there. So Instagram is probably the fastest way to find everything. Um, and then, yeah, if you want to sign up for the program, there's a link in my bio, or you can just go to the website and I have a discount code for the listeners here. So if you want to try your first month free, you can use the code, um, T D H podcast. So that gives you one month free. So grateful. Nice. Definitely going to take advantage of that. You'll be yes. seeing me on the Instagram <laughs> yes. Um, And let's move into our favorite part of our guest episodes, which is this or that. So you guys know the drill. Jane has not seen any of these questions yet. So we're going to get a real candid response. And Kylie, do you want to kick it off with the first one? I sure do. So the first one is cardio or strength training? Ooh, strength training. Easy. <laughs> <laughs> All day, every day. <laughs> Yeah, See, I relatable. feel like I'm, I'm intimidated by strength training though. Like, I feel like cardio is just like more straightforward, like mentally. So I feel like yeah. it's hard for me to get to the confidence. I don't know, especially the gym and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I feel, I mean, I, I spent like probably a year on a treadmill before I even like stepped foot on a strength floor because it is intimidating, especially like when it's busy and stuff. Um, it can be really scary, but and like, I think the other fear, especially with strength training is that like, everyone's going to judge you or look at you. And what I kind of had to put into my brain and what I like telling everyone else is like, if someone is coming to the gym to look at you and to think about your workout and your form and what you're doing, that's more about them. Like that has mm-hmm. absolutely nothing to do with you. That is a them thing. That is their problem. Um, so it, you got to put on your blinders, you know, and just like get out there and do it. Um, and yeah, and take advantage of the internet. There's so much information out there about form and workouts and you can find quality stuff if you, if you look for it. Definitely. All right. The next one is dreamer or realist. Oh, Oh my God. I don't know. I guess like a <laughs> mix of both. Um, <laughs> cause I'm, I'm definitely a dreamer. I think really big, but I only take really calculated risks. Mm-hmm. You're like a head in a the clouds, feet on the ground type of person. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I respect it. Um, the next one is gym or outdoors? Gym. Definitely. Yeah. I, I saw that one coming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, next one is fruit or veggies? veggies I think yes I think in my daily life I eat more vegetables than fruits I don't like a lot of fruits honestly oh really what fruits don't you like 
Um, I, I guess the only ones that I really do like is I really like mangoes and I really like bananas. And then I go through like phases with other fruits, like Mm -hmm. bananas and mangoes are like a staple in my apartment. Um, but like, yeah, like randomly we bought strawberries this week. I couldn't tell you the last time I bought strawberries, you know? Um, and then I go through phases with smoothies too, where I like, will make a smoothie every day for like a week. And then I'm like, man, over it. (laughs) I'm so like that with like meals in general like I'll find yeah. one thing that like I like and then I'm obsessed with it and I make it too much and then I can't see it again for and like six over months it. yeah yeah um and then the last one is leg day or arm day Ooh, okay I have an unpopular opinion I'm gonna say arm day <laughs> I feel like I can tell because you have the most toned arms I've been looking yeah. at your your tank all this whole call I did push-ups this morning <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm not a leg day person. Like even I think mostly when I do legs, it's because I'm doing like a full body day. Like I very rarely do like a leg focus workout. I'm jealous. I have noodle arms. I wish I was yeah. <laughs> Same. Yeah. I don't know if we've mentioned this, but Kylie and I both grew up dancing too. So you probably yes. understand. Oh like yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. You said that last week. Our mm-hmm. arms are <laughs> pretty noodly because they're just held in one position like the entire time. Right. Yeah. Not really doing a whole lot when you're dancing. Yeah. I have a weird personal question, but I feel like for like, I struggle with arm day because I have really weak wrists. So it's hard for me to do any Ooh. like body weight activity. So mm-hmm. do you have any tips for that? Because I feel like I literally can't even do like a push up without my wrists like practicing. Hurting. Yeah. 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 So that's like all about um, building up endurance and like the muscles in your wrist. I don't think we think about like our like wrists or like forearms having muscles, but we have a lot of muscles and like actually right along here, this is all of your grip strength. So a lot of people I think hate arm day because they don't have a lot of grip strength. Um, so like endurance wise, you know, building up things like you can do like meatballs is what I call these <laughs> or spaghetti is what I call the listeners these. are like what is she talking about <laughs> um, so things like that where you're like rolling through your wrist and like we're making circles with our fists by the way um so anything like that where that's going to build up the endurance and then as far as like your grip strength goes um working with weights is just like automatically going to build up that endurance but you can actually like just pick up heavy weights and like walk around with them. It's called a farmer's carry. It's a real exercise <laughs> and you're literally just walking around holding weights and it really, really builds that grip strength. Um, so I think that that would be like the biggest thing is just working on endurance and strength in your wrist and forearms. Yeah. That's funny. Cause I feel like I always thought of it as like my bones. Like I was like, my wrist mm. bones are like weak, but that's definitely not what it is. It's definitely the muscles <laughs> that are weak. <laughs> Um, so I got myself a little personal training session here real quick, a little mini, oh, heck yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a preview. <laughs> yeah. That's just a preview of what to come. If you guys sign up for movement and mindset, there you um, go. And anyone also, you anyone can DM me questions and stuff. I'm like a geek about this stuff. I love answering questions and helping people. So like my DMs are always open. Awesome. Well, I think that kind of is everything we had for this episode, yeah. right, Kylie? Amazing. Thanks. So thank you so much, Jane, for coming on the show. Oh my we God. really appreciate <laughs> it and I think this was a great conversation hopefully it gives our listeners some insight into fitness and health first fitness and yeah so thank you absolutely thank you guys so much for having me this was so much fun definitely yeah we'll have everything linked down below so you guys know where to find Jane you also know where to find us we're on Instagram at two degrees hotter and we will chat with you guys next Tuesday yes chat next Tuesday 